Welcome back to another episode of Organic with OG Adriana, a podcast that explores the intersection of authenticity, mindful consumption, and radical mother effing healing. I'm your girl, your host, Adriana, aka OG Adriana, if you're nasty, you feel me? Um, And we back, y'all. Um, We took a bit of a week break after that last little interview run that we went on. Um, I had a bunch of super dope conversations like the last month or so. Um, and y'all, we got more mother effing conversations to come. Um, if you don't know, now you know it is the month of September. I was about to say like February, like y'all, it is the month of September, <laughs> right? Um, and y'all know September time is like back to school time. The kids, the babies are back to school. Um, but almost more importantly, the teachers are back to school um, to kind of handle the, uh, pick up a lot of the teaching burdens, you know, that parents leave with them and that students um, put onto them, right? Um, and I thought, of a brilliant idea. Um, well, at least what in my brain is a brilliant idea, right? Um, but yeah, I thought what a better time to hop in our mini series bag. Y'all remember the last mini series that we did on this podcast, Black Creative Month, um, throughout the month of February. But nigga, we back with mini series mommy is back. Um, and we are doing a black teachers month series. Um, and I actually have three very dope conversations to share with you guys um, from some people who have worked in education for a while. Um, some not as long as others. Some people just getting started in the career in their career. Others making these super cool transitional moves within their careers. But yeah, so instead of like the topic of the week, that is the topic of the week. These black ass teachers um, and hearing a bit about their stories um, and the feels and all of those things. But before we get there, y'all, just to kind of recap, right? Um, some current events, y'all, there's a lot of bullshit going on in the world. I know at Sanchechuan. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the actual reservation. Um, there were some white man allegedly is on the run for um physically causing harm and death trauma to um some native people. Now, sorry, that should have been a trigger warning. However, um, yeah, I like in the year of our Lord 2022, um, to hear publicly, like I'm sure there are stories that happen every single day. Um with people showing overt racism toward um, Native communities. However, to hear about like a mass stabbing um, on sacred land, um, and y'all know, Turtle Island, this whole, all this land that we are on in this goddamn United States, um, not so United States of America with three Ks, goddamn. Um, all of these are sacred lands. Y'all know the vibes. Um, but to hear about a, something like this happening to where a white person was literally targeting um, 
these native people specifically okay friends an update we we gonna get there but nigga i got a cat and the cat is is having some issues what you doing girl come here come on sheesh marley we haven't even started talking about you yet and you're just being a little brat all right, so we will get there, y'all. Don't mind me. We will definitely get there. Um, but yeah, to see something like this happening um by a white man who literally physically assaulted and murdered um people of native background, um, dog, it's super sad to hear. Um, some other shit that's been super y'all, I'm not even on my correct notes, but something else that was super, super sad to hear. Um, was this whole bullshit with Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears. So this was all triggered by homie Aries Spears. I don't know if I've talked about him on this podcast, but I've definitely watched some Aries Spears stand-up. Um, I think he's a funny guy. I think some of his jokes definitely hit. Um, some of others don't. Would I consider him like an A-list comic? No. Um, but he's definitely had a bunch of longevity, um, when it comes to his career. Um, but nigga, I am really having a time i'm having a time looking through these notes um but yeah that was just very unfortunate it was triggered right um by airy spears making these comments about lizzo um i guess he was on a podcast or something or another and he was asked the question you know I guess the interviewer was like, yeah, Lizzo's a dope songwriter. She makes super good music. And then he was like, dog, I can't even get past the fact that she looks like a pile of shit. I'm not trying to listen to no Lizzo's. Like, she, he was just super out of pocket. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to my podcast, you've probably heard this story before. But, nigga, I'm fucking tired of dusty-ass black men and just people in general having something to say about black women. Um when when shit don't got nothing to do with him right um like none of this was prompted he was not prompted to talk badly like we were just talking about her music goddamn and um i mean being a comic you know um there there aren't too many things that are off limit and you know we give a lot of passes um in the name of comedy however like because he decided to open his mouth right and talk about a black woman right um people decided to do a little digging and we have since pulled up and by we i mean beyonce's internet has since pulled up all or have pulled up like an old clip um i don't know if it was on like funny or die if that was a platform but it was an old clip um with airy spears as well as Tiffany Haddish involving trigger warning some children, um, kind of being a parody to pedophilia. Um, and it was, you know, kind of targeting the R. Kelly situation that was happening, the um, Bill Cosby situation that was happening, or rather highlighting those things. Um, however, the way that they decided to go about it, nigga, super fucking predatory, definitely preyed on this child in Hollywood. I'm definitely hoping that that child has the trauma counseling and, you know, that they need after having being involved in a scene that literally victimized them um and the parents i you know i i can't not blame parents i don't give a fuck like is there a certain point in your life where you stop letting certain traumas of your childhood affect you 
and you make the conscious decision to heal and move forward so that you're not projecting those traumas. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely our responsibilities as humans on this planet, right? However, like, nigga, I'm blaming the parents because where y'all niggas at? Why would y'all sign off on something like this? Like, nigga, I don't give a fuck, like, about any of the other shit. Like, the, 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 um... I guess the scene could not have happened without a child actor, right? Um, so that being said, where, like, parents, how how do you sign off on something like this? How do you sit on set, watch this happen, watch your child literally, literally be abused in front of your eyes and then give the green light for it to be published on the internet? nigga no not not interested in hearing no other things um I don't like Tiffany Paddish's little apology how homegirl was like <clears throat> yeah I should have never participated in the scene like or she said something about she she took she said something to the effect of nigga the blame is not on me it's about the writers and everybody else i was just an actor who played an innocent role i didn't like that i don't believe Aries spears has said anything about that um however nigga bro holly weird gets holly weirder we already know the fucking traumas and injustices especially when it comes to sexually especially when it comes to exploiting children um but to see this happen from tiffany haddish right such a household name um and i've been on the internet for a long time right um and i've never come across this skit so it was definitely well hidden um but just to see something like this, it is like super disheartening and it's not my vibe. I don't like it. Gross. <laughs> um, but what else do I want to say? Oh, nigga, I haven't got a chance to talk about this on the podcast, but Capital Fucking Records decided to sign this little AI dude, FN Mecca. And there are other like, um, like these virtual AI NFTs artists that happen um something that stuck out to or that sticks out stands out rather about this fn mecca kid is that he's a legitimate parody of a racially ambiguous extra hood extra ghetto hip-hop star who is appropriating allegedly black culture because again the racial ambiguity is there then they got like locks or some shit like that so <sighs> capital records honey what who what is this and where are we going when it comes to these di digital digitally made like artificial intelligence ass artists like what i'm curious to see where it goes however i don't like this direction like if we're gonna be parodies of culture vultures and parodies of not so positive things in hip-hop like nigga it, that's it's not my vibe completely confusing um but yeah i don't really want to talk about nothing else as far as the world um when it comes to my life my personal life um now i i'm sure you've heard a couple of meows but y'all i finally got my animal i finally got a freaking kitty um she is actually on my lap literally sitting on my journal that I use for the notes for this podcast. Um, and she's just chilling. She's living her best life. She's being adorable. Um, and her name is 
Marley Sativa Knowles Carter Chalumbo. And the Carter is for Dwayne, um, in case anybody is wondering. FYI. <laughs> but yeah, I got a little baby kitty and she's small and black and she's adorable. She has these beautiful like green and like honey colored eyes. And I've been feeding her really good, like some grain free pate organic cat food right i've also been feeding her um some sardines today was her first day eating an egg right and i also made sure to give her the little membrane of the egg for joint support allegedly um and i found that she likes to like she's not gonna eat the membrane if it's all like a whole membrane because i guess she's just really small and she don't want to chew that much so i ended up like cutting it with kitchen scissors so there's like little pieces of egg membrane sprinkled throughout her meal and she enjoyed it a lot um so yeah i i'm just figuring out life as as a new cat mom again very excited to see the journey that this takes us on because yeah I've just been needing an animal y'all and hopefully this cures my baby fever because as I've probably said a million times on this podcast my uterus wants something to be growing in it and I, I want to create a baby and all those things however I understand that that is not necessarily needed at this point in time in my life so kitty miss mama miss marley is just gonna be the one for me right um and y'all, I've just really been kind of living life. Um, I did not mention this, but I went to the last um show of Grace's three week, yeah, three week residency at um Firehouse Lounge. Super fucking dope. My mama was there. I was able to sit next to my mama for a long period of time, um, without being triggered at all, and that felt amazing to me. Um, you know, I got to sit with her parents. Um, shout out to Raj Raj who um yeah great grace is just family so um being able to experience that with her being able to experience her singing one of her dad's favorite songs as the closer um and seeing him get all choked up like and that's my guy literally coolest white dude ever fucking love raj um and i freaking love grace so shout out to little mama doing her thing um just being a super dope upcoming artist and such a great fucking talent and cool dope ass girl per that that's my little baby Ugh, i i I can't say enough literally it's just oh i just love her um okay what else what else we looking for um oh kehlani i got to see my baby oh and i don't know if i'm gonna talk about this much in the um recap of music because y'all we y'all already know that i've been on kehlani's blue water road y'all already know my love affair with tangerine and how it makes me cry um and y'all already know the vibes y'all know how i feel about kehlani she's so fucking fine y'all i i've literally seen her this will be my third time but this is was literally the one of the best shows you know I've been to in years it was so fun I literally sang and danced the entire fucking time um and it was just so fun the gays were out um including myself goddamn we were having the time of our life and it was just an all-around just dope ass show the vocals were vocal and honey the Austin Texas fucking spiders were attacking my baby but <laughs> It, it was just a super dope show. Um, but yeah, my life honestly has just been me navigating life, doing the things that I enjoy, um, loving on myself, loving on my peeps, you know, doing my very best to stay afloat. Goddamn, as all of us 
have been and this kitty is literally attacking me girl girl meow girl do you want to meow for my peeps oh thank you they're so cute okay moving right along right um just to quickly recap last week's episode that was entitled cancer moons and bad bitches and i guess this was two weeks ago's episode like I said, Cancer Moon and Bad Bitches, featuring my girl, Lil Naj, the most cute, just adorable person with a great head on her shoulders, super articulate, super intelligent, super just going in a direction that I think is dope. I, I fucking love her. Can't wait to see her in a couple weeks um, performing in Ting. Um, but yeah, it was just a super super good conversation if you haven't listened go back and listen to that episode but let's get into the things i've been ingesting y'all all right y'all so you already know that when i say the things that i am currently ingesting i mean all the many things that i can ingest um via the many ways that i can ingest them right um i use this um I like to use the segment as an accountability tracker because I think it is very important to kind of go back and audit your progress, see the things that have worked for you, see the things that maybe haven't, um, recognize the things, you know, that you should maybe rearrange in your life and ting. Um, so yeah, um, I, I like to think that ingestion is something way more than just eating food and sending it through your digestive tract, but rather, you know, the hobbies we have, the company we keep, right? The music that we're listening to, all of these things that can be viscerally absorbed, right? Um, into our spirit, into our auras, into uh, our physical body, right? Um, all of which that can affect us, affect our mood, affect how we behave, affect our productivity, and all of that. So to jump right into it, um, as far as food, drinks, and supplements, y'all, same, same thing, different day. Um, there's nothing too much new that I wanted to highlight except for y'all, AGB non-dairy ice cream is so fire, right? Um, I have recently tried their buttery pecan and I'm pretty sure they changed their formula because they used to have a non-dairy that was just butter pecan, but this buttery, or maybe I'm thinking about Kroger brand. I'm probably thinking about Kroger, the Simply Truth brand. Goddamn DFW, right? Um, but no, this AGB non-dairy buttery pecan, the shit is fire. It's fire. It's completely flames. I love it. It reminds me of my papa. If you don't know now, you know that was his favorite ice cream. So uh, yeah, I felt very nostalgic eating it. The texture is on motherfucking point. I think they make it with cashew milk. Um, and yeah, fire. Very, very, very fire. Um, I also wanted to highlight Juice Land's matcha frappuccino, which is really cheap. It's only $3.95 for medium, the 18 ounce, right? Um, and it's so good. It has like matcha and dates and hemp seeds. Oh, it's so good. I like to add a little banana in there for a little creamy smoothie action. Um, but yeah, super fire. Their matcha frappuccino from Juice Land. Um, and I also wanted to highlight in this section. Um, that I've just been really enjoying the last of the summer fruits, y'all. Bunch of mango, peaches. Um, even though peaches are kind of like a fallish fruit, but nigga, the cherries, 
the end of summer cherries have been so fire. Um, I love cherries. Um, cherries are a very filling food for me. Um, I don't know if it's because of the work that it takes to kind of eat cherries. Cause you know, you have to like pit them as you're going. Um, but nigga cherries, the cherry season. I don't know what kind of cherries we've been having in Central Texas, but they are freaking delicious. But speaking of cherries, I actually saw this super heartbreaking video on Instagram today that was literally a lady at 3 a.m. in the cherry picking field. Um, and an interviewer goes up to her asking, "What? how do you feel being here? And she's literally like, nigga, how the fuck do you think I feel? I have to leave my motherfucking babies at 3 a.m. and get here to come and make a motherfucking living picking other niggas cherries. What do you mean? How am I feeling right now? Um, so yeah, that just kind of sheds life on even in a plant-based diet um I definitely no longer identify as vegan um if you don't know now you know I had tried eggs I hadn't eaten no I haven't eaten any eggs this week or anything like that um it is definitely not a regular part of my diet but I don't mind eating a little bit of egg I don't mind eating a little bit of high quality cheese you feel me um every now and again but it just kind of the cherry story I say all that to say, it just kind of goes back to the fact that even in a plant-based diet, um, which I still identify as being plant-based, right? Um, suffering is not lost. The suffering is kind of inevitable, right? In the cycle of life. Um, should it be a super major part of our life? Should we let it consume us? No. However, um, even in a plant-based diet, Plant-based diets are not absent from suffering, is what I mean to say. Um, and I think a lot of the time, the crazy vegans like to um, forget about human life. And they think, oh, I'm just eating plants. I'm not eating any animal product. No one is suffering. But nigga, you have people, women who have to physically leave their babies, their kids, right? To come to motherfucking work at 3 a.m. to pick your stupid little fucking organic cherries like listen listen and that, that's just a word to y'all plant-based niggas who are listening um vegans vegetarians um yeah that something to think about for sure um but moving right along let me take a swig of water honey because i'm hungry oh and i've been looking not me looking for my coffee and it's right down here I. So moving right along, <laughs> um, as far as media, I've been heavy in my podcast bag. Um, y'all know I have talked about um, Jay Shetty, I think for the last couple episodes and I, I just love his podcast. I have been binging it at work. Um, I, I just love his voice. Um, I, I think his mission and purpose in doing this podcast and the other work that he does in life, I'm super aligned with and I, I admire him and his wife's journey. Speaking of veganism, um, they are vegans. Um, however, they try really hard to, um, or I won't even say they try really hard because neither of their platforms are centered around veganism. However, um, their approach to veganism, I think is very interesting. And I say all that to say, yeah, shout out to Jay Shetty and shout out to his wife, um, Rathi, who I stand. I I just really stand. Um, as oh, and his podcast is called On Purpose. Speaking of, um, 
yeah, I, y'all, I, I sat down and watched a movie. It took me three days, but y'all have been watching House, or I watched House of Gucci starring, um, I think her name is Stefania, Stephanie, but Lady Gaga, and she was a badass bitch um, playing um, homegirl Gucci, um, Lady Gucci. What the fuck is her name? Why can't I think of her name? But the nigga that killed her husband um, or whatever and then got off and we've definitely talked about her in this segment of my podcast um in true crime world right because i watched a documentary on her um a few months back however to watch it in like theatrical dramatic dramatized form was very interesting so shout out to lady gaga she played the hell out of that role she was thick as fuck looking like a badass italian bitch which she is um so yeah, I definitely watch House of Gucci. Um, I'm not, I think I'm maybe two episodes behind in Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I did kind of go up on a, go on a catch-up spree. Um, Marla has a lot of trauma. She calls in the babies a lot of trauma. It's still the Candy Burr show. Not much to say about that. Um, I've been kind of watching Moesha. Y'all already know Moesha is one of those nighttime shows that you watch just to have on in the middle of the night. Um, um, Raising Canyon season two, still not caught up. I will eventually get caught up. Um, but one of the reasons I haven't been caught up is because my little bae or whatever got me fully invested goddamn in house of the dragon like wow i've not seen a single episode right of game of thrones however house of the dragon phenomenal show not mad at it all super oh i've been watching a lot of that that that's all i'm gonna say um the fucking king is pissing me off rhaenyra a bad bitch and i do feel like she's going to be queen at some point um and yeah just shout out to house of the dragon shout out to um game of thrones eventually i will watch it i suppose allegedly i don't know i can neither confirm nor deny that um ooh, i also watched an amazing phenomenal netflix documentary about blues singer robert johnson called deviled at the crossroads honey and what a conjured daddy i am positive there is a robert johnson card in this Hoodoo Tarot Spread by Tiana Lee McKellar. I am very interested um, to going back and checking out to see what his card looks like, right? Um, however, um, y'all, that phenomenal, phenomenal fucking documentary. If you are interested in hoodoo, if you are interested in the church's demonization of Black ancestral Black American, honey, indigenous, ancestral American practices, such as hoodoo, such as the voodoos, such as, well, I guess voodoo can be traced to other places, but like New Orleans voodoo, such as these hoodoo specifically, nigga, if you're interested in that, if you're interested in, um, the history of music, which y'all know I, I'm a stand for the history of hip hop specifically. However, mu black music history is something ugh, I, I also I go up for. Right. That is in my top tier genre of documentary and super phenomenal, super fucking phenomenal. Shout out to Robert Johnson. May his spirit be somewhere at the crossroads. Right. Um allegedly helping Papa Legba or just chilling there to tell people his testimony honey oh my gosh I, I'm actually gonna rewatch this documentary because it was just too fucking fire but if you are interested in all of those things that I just said definitely listen to um 
or definitely go watch um devil at the crossroads um a documentary about the life the the super early life of robert johnson whom is a part of the 27 club just go go watch let's go right now <laughs> let's all watch together and report back goddamn um but yeah, as far as media, I don't got nothing else super mentionable or yeah, super noteworthy to mention, rather. Um, so just moving on to music, some things that I got to say, some order of business, right? Um, so New Jedi and Nether New Jedi 512, rather. Let me be proper. So New Jedi 512 and Nether Friends collab. Y'all already know we went up for the Jedi 512 uh, Nether Friends beef album however they are back with the is it a follow-up to beef jedi tyler if you're listening is it a follow-up what i let me know um but yeah the project is called cheese very good a lot a lot of songs on there that i love a lot of artists on there that y'all that i've talked about on this podcast um and yeah i'm gonna actually pull up this album right now nigga so we can see the vibes because y'all know my memory is not giving cheese by jedi and speaking of cheese shout out to the album rollout shout out to that fucking fettuccine truck that like or like the alfredo truck that tipped over with all the alfredo on the highway because super dope like correlation with this promo you know that jedi had been oh shout out to tyler you already know the how i feel and things right um my favorite song on the fucking album definitely sharp cheddar not only is sharp cheddar my personal favorite cheese um but it's definitely my favorite song on this album um super good and i feel like right now i sound super fake because i've really only ran the album front to back like a total of two and a half times i will say um but this is the one song that i have run back more than just playing the whole album so shout out to tyler shout out to jedi 512 with the the release the final release right of cheese because we've definitely been anticipating that for a minute um also new aj bray which um i've definitely been in like a loving mommy mood <laughs> so i've ran this aj bray a yacht a whole yacht is what i will say <laughs> um so his new project is entitled for the time being um i'm assuming it's a liaison into maybe a more full-length project but super vibey super cool super fuck nigga music but also lots of r&b tracks for the ladies um i love aj bray you know as a writer i i think that him as a writer and the writing that he chooses or the other writers that maybe he chooses to collaborate as collaborate with as well they are dope <laughs> and i think that the that his genre his niche of just the flyest guy coolest guy ever who needs to be casted on fucking love island i i just think it's a perfect fucking collection of songs i believe there's only six tracks i could be mistaken but i don't feel like going through spotify no more i'm sorry aj bray but shout out to you for that fucking album um or project um dj Khaled released this project um god did uh, 
God Did is my favorite track on that album. Um, Shout out to Jay-Z. The juxtaposition of Jay-Z and Wayne's verses on that song are very interesting because of all the debate of who's better. Did Jay-Z have a better verse on God Did? Yes. Did he prove himself to be the quote-unquote GOAT? Sure. You feel me? Yes, of course. Like, Jay-Z is Jay-Z. We know him as arguably the greatest writer of hip-hop, right? Um, Who doesn't write, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Um, However, as far as my life, my you know, y'all already know, Wayne is my GOAT. And he'll always be my GOAT. But I'm not even saying that to pit them against each other to start, like, some crazy argument... Del- Oh my gosh, I thought I like literally failed, but I didn't. So I'm gonna keep talking, goddamn. But yeah, I shout out to them. Um, I'm not trying to start no debates or nothing like that. Um, obviously Jay Z is respected for who he is. Um, his, you know, his unplugged performance is super great, and it has inspired one of my personal favorite artists a lot. Um, when it comes to their performances. Um, however. Wayne is my goat, but God Did is definitely my favorite song from that new DJ Khaled album of the same title. But speaking of one of my favorite artists, right? Um, speaking of this human who uh, who takes notes from the goats like Jay-Z and is a student for real of the game, um, Jalen, Jay Soldier, right? He dropped this video, which was shot by it's it's a lyric video right um which was shot by the janella revia revilla revia remind me your last name girl but anyways the filipino the filipino queen shot the most intimate phenomenal performance lyric video um of Jalen's new song who which he hasn't put on streaming yet because he's waiting for the YouTube views I guess to be ran up (laughs) but um this super introspective song this super dope song um but called Under the Sun nigga I've ran it so many times on YouTube um I I I definitely just I, I respect Jalen as an artist because of the fact that he is 100% who he is in the music or the person that he is in the music is 100% aligned with the human that he is in real life. Um, and I've got to see that um, in different you know, scenarios. And I think that he really got him one with this next project. And I'm really, really, I'm really, really waiting for it to drop. I will really fucking love for the people to hear at least the tracks that I've heard. Um, because yeah, the, I I just think the nigga's great. I think he's a goat in his own right. I think he is definitely worth being, with the Kendricks and the Jay-Zs and the Coles and the respected hip-hop artists 
in the game. Um, so shout out to Jalen for releasing Under the Sun. Let me get, I'm getting all emotional because the song is all emotional. I'm in a solemn mood. I got the lights all dim or whatever. But that's my nigga. Um, I um I, I just I definitely admire his I, I just admire the fact that nigga, he really is who he is in this music shit. Like he doesn't fake it, he doesn't try to do different catchy niche things these are things that i love in an artist and i definitely love how introspective he already was as an artist um and i i just love the intimacy and the vulnerability um in this next chapter of his motherfucking music so shout out to that nigga y'all know we always swooning over his platforms and his music um so yeah definitely shout out to Jalen. Um, oh, so something else I wanted to talk about in music. So Twitter had been arguing, right, about the top five male vocalists of all time. And it caught, caught me very off guard because I never ranked top five male vocalists of all time. So when I think about the top three, like the, the, RN, the male vocal Bible, right, when it comes to soul music, I think of Marvin Gaye, Donny Hathaway, and motherfucking Luther Vandross, right? But then Duran Bernard? Are you kidding me? Usher, like, he definitely fits as one of the top vocalists cuz we're thinking about vocal abil- ability we're thinking about range when a lot of a lot of these male R&B singers when i cuz this definitely sent me down a fucking rabbit hole right when when i really analyzed them vocally it was a lot of sexiness it was a lot of rasp but there was not a lot of technical vocal ability in these male artists not in the way that the huge women vocalists are, you know, like have, right? Um, but I say that to say, nigga, hardest question ever. Someone help. Can can we compile like a top five male R&B vocal, like, or male vocalist of all time? Like, how do we do that? How? Sway? Goddamn, how? <laughs> um, but yeah, y'all, that's what I've been ingesting. Um, I feel like I talked a whole lot, but... Y'all, let's get into this motherfucking miniseries because we got some things to talk about. We have some education things to talk about, right? We have some motherfucking life things to talk about. We have business things to talk about. We have some black woman things to talk about. Um, So introducing the first <laughs> episode of this September Black Teachers Month miniseries. But um. I'm supposed to be fading out, but I'm probably not going to fade this audio out. So just pretend. <laughs> oh, hello. How are you? I can hear you. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How you doing? You're so pretty. I'm so good. I always want to tell you that. Like, God damn, you're just so nice to look at. How are oh, you? I'm good. I'm trying to connect my my. Can you hear me now? It's too late. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I was trying to get you in my headphones. If you hear noise, sorry, because I live home at home with family. It's it'd be a lot. So listen, very same. So I feel you. Like people about to start walking in, like the house. So yeah. Oh, how 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 is life? How how was your day today and things? 
Um, today was good, but today was actually the first day of school. So that was good. It was nice to see. It's different from what I'm used to, but yeah, it was, good. it was a good day. Interesting. So we will definitely get there, but you're like not in the classroom, oh. right? Is that a thing? No, I'm not in the classroom. I'm so happy. Please. I'm like blushing because I'm happy. <laughs> I already feel you, man. I, I love to see it. I love this year is, is interesting because all of my teacher friends are doing different things and taking on different responsibilities and like moving throughout education like the way I feel like it should be. Like y'all mm-hmm. are black and being just loving on these kids and like I said we're gonna get there but I'm gonna talk to my people real fast so okay. <laughs> hey friends um so if you don't know now you know um all of the month of this is originally planned like for the month of August but y'all all the month of September um since school is starting you know fall season is when the teachers are going back to work um so I wanted to have some teachers on and I wanted to have some cool ass conversations um, about education and about journeys through education. Um, but just to start a little bit, right? Um, I want to know like about you. So, oh, I guess I didn't even introduce you. How rude. Um, <laughs> y'all, y'all, we are talking to Ju Gray. Um, your first name is Julia, right? Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. Cool. so y'all we talking yeah. to julia of Ju gray um she is an educator a blogger like a youtuber who dog her content's so cute and literally her family and everyone is very adorable and like i said we are definitely going to get there um as well um but yeah how would you describe yourself like the hardest question in the world but who is Ju gray um well thank you for the introduction you make me sound so sweet um I don't know like in one word or however however, how would you yeah who are you um I feel like I'm somebody who is very optimistic extremely Mm -hmm. optimistic and who is a daredevil who likes to you know break standards and defy odds and all of those break stereotypes all of those types of things. Um, I'm definitely a true Sagittarius. If people are into signs, I'm a true Sagittarius. I'm very adventurous. I'm very impulsive. So, and I'm very intuitive. I go off of my gut feeling with everything. Dang. I love that. That is a, listen, I, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to these teachers Um, because on my podcast, of, well, the people that listen, like be knowing, but I talk to musicians a lot. Um, a most, I will say 80% of the people that have I have talked to on this podcast have, podcast have been musicians. And if you don't know, now you know, musicians are very, they tend to be very erratic. And that question specifically has I I I think that I don't know if that question has been answered as concisely um as you. I think I have maybe one other person um who wasn't who's not a musician um who was able to answer that. So where does that sense of like self-awareness come from? Like how do you get to the place where you're able to right off the bat tell people who you are? what you just said awareness I'm aware of who I am and it took me a long time 
I mean, I ain't that old, but you know, yeah. it took me a minute to figure out who I am as not only <clears throat> a woman, but just as a person contributing to society. Yeah. Who am I? I love it. So, so what, what does that journey look like to knowing who you are as a woman and like understanding yeah. where you fit in the world? Um, it's rough. I've had, I think the older I'm getting, the more introverted I'm getting as well. There was a time when I love to be not necessarily like out clubbing, but just around people. Mm-hmm. I love to be socializing like a social butterfly. But the older I'm getting, the more in tune I am with myself. And I love being alone. Yeah. You know, like I really enjoy that alone time and just doing weird shit. Can I could curse, right? Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just doing the weird shit that people would judge you for if yeah. they saw you doing it, you know? Yeah. So I took time to get to know myself. You know how it's kind of cliche, but like date myself in a sense. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I talk about this all the time. I preach this all the time. Um, it is while I understand that we as humans are supposed to build relationships with other humans, like that healing don't happen with other influences like it just doesn't Mm -hmm. it can't like we absorb everything energetically even for the people who are not like super intuitive or have tapped into like that intentional process of getting to know themselves like dog we absorb everything so if you're around Mm -hmm. a bunch of people all the time um and you constantly like seek that connectedness to others like that's how you lose that connectedness to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. I love how you talk about that. So yes. what was it like as a kid growing up, like what were your hobbies? What were you doing? What were you interested in? Okay, so just like how I am now, I was very impulsive. I was the type of child to like, if my mind was set on something, I was going to try it. I was going to do it. And I feel like I've been pretty consistent. Like what I saw myself doing as a child I kind of brought up into who I am now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, like grade school, elementary, I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I actually majored in, or not majored, my minor was in uh, pre-law. It's like I love to not necessarily argue because that's negative, right? But mm-hmm. healthy debates, pick people's minds, have conversations and learn. That's my like lawyer side. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very athletic growing up. I was a dancer. I was a softball player. Um, when I got to college, I just lost all of those things. I was just mm-hmm. socializing and being free. But um, I was always just a free spirit. That's yeah. just who I am. Like uh, a true Sagittarius. Yeah, no, literally. Ah, I I love that. Um, and it's so interesting that like the way like our kid, our childhood hobbies and things like translate into like adulthood. Um Yeah. So I love that you mentioned like kind of how you still like healthy debate. And also I love how you did not, how you changed that you like to argue because like that Mm -hmm. word argue is negative. Listen, I love that. That that is beautiful. (laughs) I am definitely, um, I love taking things from you guys like in these conversations. Um, So that's definitely something I'm going to start intentionally practicing, just like watching the negative words that are coming out of my mouth Mm -hmm. because dog, the words are spells. Listen, literally. Mm -hmm. So you're from 
Louisiana, right? Oh yes, ma'am. New Orleans, born and raised. <laughs> it's an accent for me. Goddamn, like it, it comes out. It comes out. Yes. Do Do you get tired of people telling you that, like in Texas, like talking about your accent and stuff? Um. You know what? So I'm not gonna say I change how I talk around them, but I definitely like I don't let people really hear who I am especially like in a workplace because as mm. my English background, you know, it's like, I'm ghetto. I already look like I'm ghetto because all my tattoos. Mm. And it's like, they assume I can't talk because I'm from New Orleans. I just have an accent. I know how to use big words just like everybody else. Oh, you know, you can look it up in a dictionary. But I just, my pronunciation may be a little different. So I do try to like hide it. Yeah. So I don't get it as much until like I'm mad and it'll come out and they're like, oh, where are you from? I heard it. Exactly. And you know, white folks don't be knowing anyway. They just think we just all sound like this. Goddamn. We all sound exactly. the same, homie. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. But we are going to get there to tattoos. I love that you bring that up because okay. okay. we okay. are going to talk. But so when did you move here? Did you and your family move here during Katrina? No. So actually, after Katrina, I went to California. <laughs> I lived in California about five years. And then I moved back to New Orleans. And from New Orleans, I moved here. So I came here in 2016. Got you. So did you come mm -hmm. here yourself? Mm-hmm. Got you. Dang. Free spirit. <laughs> yeah, for real. Wait, so did you live in California with your family? I did. So that's where we went after Katrina. After Katrina. But when I left, yeah, when I left to go to college, mm -hmm. they stayed. Got you. That's so random. California. How y'all, what part of Cali and like, why did y'all pick there? So after Katrina, we did come to Houston, but it was so many of us. Like my family is huge. It was so yeah. many of us. We couldn't stay. Mm -hmm. So I had an uncle in California in the Bay Area. Got so you. we all went to his house. He had a big old house and it was 22 of us. He housed all 22 of us. Damn. Yeah, so that's why we went to California but um the reason we never moved back was our house got completely damaged like there was no way we could yeah. live there it was not livable so got you we'll think Cali dang so definitely stop me um if any of this is triggering or anything but do what do you remember about your experience like with Katrina it's funny you say triggering because um that work we were talking about in the beginning that you know, individual staying alone, working on yourself, individual work. It took me some time to realize I was mad about that. Like I was bitter. Yeah. And I did have some triggering things. I I hate California. Anybody that's that knows me, they know I will say like I hate California. I hate it. Yeah. And it's because of how I was treated when I went there. Mm -hmm. Um I was in the eighth grade. I was 13 and I got bullied. Mm -hmm. Um I got made fun of for how I talked. Like, that was the bullying, I guess. Yeah. Um, there was a time, one school I went to, the first day I did eat lunch in the bathroom, in the bathroom stall. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's how I was just like, I don't fit in here. Mm -hmm. I kept getting asked, what was I? You mix, say quarter. They kept wanting me to say quarter. I say quarter. It was just, yeah, it was not a good experience. Yeah. And to this day, well, you know, I'm over it now, but... Mm -hmm. There was a point where I did not want to be in California. I never wanted to be there. Yeah. I'll visit, but I still don't want to live there. <laughs> yeah. 
Damn, that's so interesting. So listen, that's that's very interesting that you're bullied there specifically because like aesthetically, if I see you, um, and I could imagine like, did you look very different when you were a kid? Um, I am more pale. I was a little darker than I am now, and my hair was a lot longer. Yeah. So I guess I was a little racial ambiguous. They didn't yeah. they couldn't tell what I was. But is that not how people in Cali are? Like I associate Cali with racially ambiguous ambigu yeah. ambiguity. Like a, a melting pot, right? Like it's yeah. just people and cultures. Yeah. Because I was looking like, what are you? Like, oh, I'm sorry, New Orleans was black and white. So I'm like, I ain't never seen you before. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dog, that is very interesting. So whenever y'all move back oh, to New Orleans, God. oh no, it's all good. Whenever y'all move back to New Orleans, wait, you moved back to New Orleans, like the city? Mm. Oh, got you. So you and like all your family, like your immediate family then like would move they back. say mm -mm, they say Cali. I went, yeah I went back I still had family there so I actually yeah. stayed with my great aunt I lived with her um I call her my grandmother because she's the only grandma that I knew but yeah. um yeah I lived with her she's still in New Orleans to this day right now yeah damn that's so dope so I will say something that does stick stand out to you like with your YouTube specifically um is family um so what how how do you feel like having that family dynamic having these people that you can literally call and go to um and having the support now you your like your mom like your immediate family now is in Houston mm -hmm. yes everybody, everybody yes. Here. so how mm -hmm. is that how has that been or how has that contributed I guess to the person that you are today having that close-knit like family like support essentially I will say it's fine. I've never been asked that. And I guess I never sat to think about it mm -hmm. to realize the appreciation I do have. Because not I realize not everybody has, you know, has that type of family situation or dynamic. Like mm -hmm. I have both of my parents together and um my brothers both have partners and they have children. Like I see units and mm -hmm. love, black love. So it's beautiful. Like it's something I really aspire to have. Mm -hmm. And they support me. If I feel like I want to quit today, they support me. You know, they are very supportive in anything that I do. I love so, that. That's yeah, so. How long have your parents? Yeah. Well, I love <laughs> that you get to think about it because that's really dope. Yeah. Like, dog. Like I like shit. All my best family members, them niggas dead. Like so. Oh, no. Having the people that you know have been with you supporting you and still having it that I think that is super valuable and I think that it that is something that a lot of us don't even think about because nigga these are families these niggas get on our nerves sometimes like oh for sure they do <laughs> exactly and we don't like consciously think about like dang maybe somebody might not have a brother somebody might not have this person you know that you can call up and depend on and I, I love that for you and dog I you know try what to I say yeah I'm sorry I don't mean to cut you off no, go you, ahead. you made me think of something because I get told this a lot too the relationship I have with my mama everybody sees that and they're like I wish I was that close to my mama like mm -hmm. that's crazy you have that relationship that's my best friend so yeah I never think about that but yeah you said you know not everybody has a brother or a this or a that or that relationship unit 
and me and my mom are like look on top of each other as close as I can get it. Yeah, dog. Man, I <laughs> fucking love that. And you know what? It, something that I always say. Um, I have a very, very interesting relationship with my mom. Um, I will say as I've been older and have exhibited boundaries, um, we're we're at a level of like grown up respect, but. Mm-hmm. I always say, and this sounds really, it sounds horrible coming, like saying it out loud. And um, especially to people that don't necessarily have never had that experience. Um, but I wouldn't have chose my mom. Like she is not someone that is like my bestie. So mm-hmm. how growing up, right? How, what are some ways that maybe your mom cultivated that relationship, like enforced the fact that she was there and not only a parent but also someone that you could trust mm-hmm. um well they're young they had us very young <laughs> she had three kids the first one was 17 then like what we're all four years apart so 21 and then she had me at 25 so like she had us all very young so I watched my mama grow up in a sense too and when, like you talked about boundaries just now, when there were boundaries and I'm like, girl, shut, don't play with me. I'm like, oh, well, got it. Okay, okay, not girl today, got it. <laughs> exactly. But um, she was also judgment free. She did not mm-hmm. judge me. Mm-hmm. And anything I wanted to talk to her about. So, you know, like in high school, right? Mm-hmm. You party, like come on out, it's high school, right? We didn't date every day. But I never felt the need to have to lie to them, my parents, like where I went. I told them. Yeah. I would always tell them, I'm going to a party or like I'm going to do this, or I would ask them because I got black parents. I ain't telling them. But um, yeah. it was just like this open communication, like always be honest with us. Yeah. We want you to be safe. As long as you're safe, you know, we'll make that decision if we let you go or not. But they were both of them really are just judgment free. Yeah. They don't judge. I love that. And, you know, that is something that as a parent, I have had to intentionally like learn um, and also like do, because I think like it is very, I think I don't have very many fears in life, but one of my biggest fears is like traumatizing my kid. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I, I love that. And I love that dog, your parents did it right. That That's how you do it. That That's the parenting um, talk and carrying on that I I adore. I love to see it. So, oh, shout out to your parents. I love that for you. <laughs> shout out to them. So, how did you get into like YouTube? How did like blog internet stuff happen for you? I guess I gotta be honest. It was my ex. <laughs> okay. Um, my ex actually. He. I'm trying to see how to word this correctly he would always encourage me to like document my life because he'd be like dog if people could see the stuff you did like in your 24 hours like what you do in your 24 hours like they would be amazed yeah. and I was like really you think I should you think I should get a YouTube and you know it's so funny I made my YouTube in 2013 mm-hmm. and I did not post my first video until 2016. Oh. So I've been had it I was scared yeah I was just yeah dang so mm-hmm. so dude was like the battery in your back to like finally <laughs> <Yeah>. start <laughs> yeah I mean, so like trash like having to give these niggas credit like i guess just a little bit of credit exactly. <laughs> oh i love that so have you always been like fashionable have you always like 
cared about yeah. how you look? Not really how I looked because like I don't got nails now. Like oh, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm feminine, but I'm not really that girly. So like I could throw on some sweats and sneakers, but make it cute in mm-hmm. a sense. But like I'm choosing comfortability. Like I gotta be comfortable. Yeah. But yeah, I've always been into fashion. I actually I wanted to be a fashion writer. So oh. yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, like on Essence, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever have you ever been on Essence and where you see like the street style? Yeah. There's like a street style category and they would like write up what the people are wearing. I always wanted to do that. Oh, essence. <clears throat> Listen, <laughs> essence. Call her because yes. literally, you you put the shit on and it always looks good. And thank you. I, yeah, I think people that are, that have that effortlessly, that like literally can pick pieces and make them just look nice without thinking too hard. Or do you think hard? Like what? How? What's your process of putting together fits? Um, I do play dress up. I've mm-hmm. always done that as a child. Like <laughs> Saturday night, I'm not going nowhere, but I'm gonna go play in clothes and put outfits together. I don't know where I'm going, but it's a future outfit. Like wherever I go, I got an outfit. Yeah. So I don't know. It's fun to me. That was always fun. Oh, I love that. See our childhood hobbies. Like it's so cute how yeah. it translate <laughs> like to us being grown up. Dang. So how'd you get into teaching? Like where does that fit in to your life? So everybody. <laughs> This is a funny story. Everybody in my family is in education, like in one way or another. Yeah. A school secretary, HR, principals, teachers, um, literally any job in education. So <laughs> that's why I minored in uh in law. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I am not going into education. Like, yeah. I don't want to be like everybody else. Like my life goal, which is still not my life goal is to not be a principal. Like, that's just not what I see myself as. Yeah. And so that's what my daddy is. That's what my brother is. And I was like, no. And now look at me Yeah. in education. So it's just like a, I guess it was just natural. Yeah. It was a natural thing. Dang. So what year did you get into the classroom, like, and start teaching? 2016. Dang. It's funny. I moved here. I always tell this story. But I moved here Memorial Day weekend, so like May, right? Mm-hmm. I was in the classroom in August. Dang, mm-hmm. so it was like very immediate. So it was my summer, yep. Dang, so your first year of teaching, like how is that? What was your first day like? Uh, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't really remember my first day. Mm. I don't remember my first day, but I remember my first year. It wasn't good. Mm. It was not good. I hated it. It's like I went in. This is the mind. I just believe this. I went in with the mindset like I don't want to do this. I'm just doing this because I need a job. Yeah. And so I was miserable. I hated it. Dang. I hated it. So what were you teaching then? English. Oh. I was teaching seventh grade English. Mm Mm-hmm. Got you. So, sheesh, what was it? What was the dynamic between you, a young black woman with that's tatted, with these kids? Like, how how was that? How did you get them to respect you? And like, how was the journey? Like, teaching these children. It's so crazy. I have never had to like 
um, get them to respect me, get the students to respect me. Mm. I feel like, I don't know, just my spirit and my my stature maybe too, like just how I present myself in a room. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're gonna respect her. But it's not like I had to say, I need y'all to respect me. Yeah. I'm your teacher. Like I never had to do that. Um, I just, I build relationships too. Mm -hmm. And I joke. So like first day I'm cracking jokes and they're like, I could get with her, like, yeah. <laughs> she with the shit, you know, she gonna know what she doing, but yeah, I never had to, like, go over rules and, like, you know, yeah, you know, I never had to do that. Exactly. Did you work at the same school, like, the years that you were teaching? No, so I had a very bad experience my first two years. I hated it. I would cry on the way to work. I would cry. And um, actually, the principal told me that I wasn't a good fit for that school. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What was, like, yeah. the demographic of, like, kids and, like, staff there? What did, what did that look like? I am finding that this has been damn near every district and every school I've been in. Mm -hmm. the, the ratio and the demographic is weird. So, like, the kids are black and brown mm -hmm. and there'll be a sprinkle. It's very diverse. I'm gonna say the student population, extremely diverse. Okay. But the teachers, majority white, every single school, every single district. Dang. Yep. So mm -hmm. what, what has that been like navigating with these adults at school? Cause I've always heard that there's always problems with different teachers doing mm -hmm. just like weird stuff trying to like micromanage you when they just the teacher like so mm -hmm. yeah how how has that been what what does that look like for you had it looked like excuse me um to be honest with you when I see stuff like that I see majority like white teachers in the the student demographic is the complete opposite mm -hmm. I'm really like questioning like why are you here and are your intentions pure? Because Ooh. do you relate to that student? You know, uh -huh. can you understand them? Not even just a racial thing, but a background, a cultural thing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, because unfortunately, black and brown kids, they're not always economically at an advantage, right? Yeah. So I'm like, you go into your two, $300,000 house and these people are going into apartments or section eight homes. Yeah. So can you really relate to them? Like, I don't, I never understood their purpose. Not to say they can't serve, but is that your community, I guess, you yeah. know? Ooh. I've always questioned that. I don't know if I answered your question, but. I mean, either way, I <laughs> I love that because that is something that I have always thought. Um, I have definitely very intentionally not gone into education um, because the politics, first of all, I can't, I can't be arguing with no parents. I can't. Like, it's no way. Like, literally, my homegirl, it's her second day, and she got parents emailing her about room decor. So, Can like... Can I ask, is she, like, younger grades, elementary, or...? Um, no, she, I think she's teaching middle school level, um, like, tech. Mm. Like, a tech... Okay. Coding, something or another. Um, is, is there a change in high school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I never, I never, never had to argue with a parent never interesting never. I love that I dang I I really like that um especially I guess did you just deal with 
high schoolers like after those two years in the got you do you prefer mm-hmm. high school I do really <laughs> I do. what what I do. was the difference in the two um so even when I taught seventh grade it would be parent communication, definitely, like emails. Hey, I just want to make sure my student is okay. But it yeah. would never be like arguing about a grade. Like they deserve this. Make sure you give them. It was never that. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that middle school, the kids were, are different because they in that awkward stage, like they want to be grown, you know, like they're yeah. 13, but then they're still babies. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're babies. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, girl, you crying because Sally took your pen or something like that. Or like, you know, it's like you're still a baby. So exactly. I don't know. They're just they're they're children. Yeah. <laughs> so what what are you doing now? What what's your position, your non-classroom position? Yeah, so I am a secondary literacy coach, which is because I didn't know what it meant. Basically, I am um, coaching, supporting sixth to 12th grade English teachers and helping them boost scores, get kids on reading levels and support them in the classroom. Dang. So I I don't directly deal with kids, you know, I deal with the teachers. Got you. So what was your reason for wanting to not be in the classroom? Um, you talked about politics and it's politics for me too. And Mm. it's also curriculum. I don't want to teach that. I just don't, I don't agree with it. And I don't want to teach it. So (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I love that we are making these decisions. Like y'all are millennial black teachers who are doing the damn thing. Like, and moving into these like administrative roles, like, Mm -hmm dog I I fucking love that I think (laughs) as a parent to some person who refuses to be homeschooled I I would rather be homeschooled my child but he just wants to go to school and be social I I have faith in in what y'all are doing like for real so what is what is one thing that maybe three things that you (laughs) think these kids in education need from educators? Um, They are going to need something more innovative because the world around us is full of technology. And think about TikTok, 30 second, 15 second videos, their attention span is very short. Mm -hmm. So in the classroom, they're gonna need something that's hands-on and is, is quick and keeping their attention. Because reading a novel, that's what I'm battling with right now, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Reading a novel is not realistic right now. It's just not. Interesting. That's just, it's too long. It's too much. And what are you doing with the novel? You know, are you going to follow up? Are you going to read it aloud? Are you going to annotate? What are we doing with the novel? Mm -hmm. So you can't just expect a child to read a novel. The attention span is like that. Yeah. So I would just hope. To answer your question, I hope educators catch up with the time. I love that. And that that goes for like curriculum, teaching styles, everything, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. The curriculum needs to be updated. Yeah. Yes. Dang. What, what do you think is the is one thing, one way that the curriculum drops the ball? Um, 
it's disconnected. So the school I'm at right now, which pretty much has been every school, is black and brown kids. Yeah, they are not interested or connected to old English, Beowulf, Shakespeare, and those are deemed as classics. Okay, why? Who deemed that a classic? Listen, but mm-hmm. you know, like that's subjective, and they just not gonna relate to that. We yeah. gotta move on with the times. We're talk- you keep saying millennials, right? Like we are in a new millennium. Like we have to adapt to the now. Exactly. We do. I love that. And I could not agree more. Um, as a, Especially as a person, like, from the outside looking in, like, these are things that, like, I know and, like, you see, but coming from, like, a person who has lived it, how long have you been in education? Like, how long have you had your post-college career? Um, I'm going into year seven. This is year seven. Dang, so you've been doing it. Seven is a very special year. How do you feel about not being in the classroom in year seven? I know, I just thought about it. I was like, this is year seven. Seven is one of my lucky numbers. I got that tattoo on me, so I'm hoping it's a good year. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I definitely hope that for you as well. Um, so before we wrap up a little bit, um, a big part of this podcast is mental health, taking care of your brain. Um, so what does mental health care look like for you? How do you take care of yourself? Um, I've gone to therapy. I think therapy is important. I think therapy has a negative stigma. Um, spending time with myself and getting to know myself is very important. My thing is, if you can't sit along with yourself and like yourself, how you expect other people like you? Exactly. You know, I'm co- and I'm constantly like questioning myself. I'll ask my best friend, like, do you think I'm a good person? What do you think I could work on? What do you think I could improve on? You know, because I have an attitude. I know that. So like, was I short? Was I rude? You know, mm-hmm. I ask those self-awareness questions so I can be better and improve. Yes. And shout out to having a tribe who's going to keep it real with you and answer those yes. questions for real. Like that is very important to not have mm-hmm. people around you who are just going to go with whatever. Cause that tells a lot about them as a person. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yes. So I have some rapid fire questions, right? To end out. Um, The way my brain works, I can't really answer questions fast. Not too many people that have been on the podcast have been able to answer these questions quickly. So as quickly as possible. Right. So first, um, what song do you have on repeat right now? Uh, Summer. Is it Summer Renaissance? On the Beyonce album, the last song. Yes. Oh, that's man. We're just talking about this. That Donna Summer sample goes fucking wild. Yes, amazing. Man, shout out to B for that for real. Um. Oh, what's your favorite? Your top three favorite luxury brands? Oh, Gucci. Mm-hmm. Um, MCM. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, uh, that's really weird. Okay. Well, I like Telfar. Is Telfar luxury? I guess. Yeah, black girl luxury. Yeah, black. Yeah, I think that's what they're marketing as a black luxury. <laughs> so I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, her. Um, mom, mom, mom. Ooh, who had more of an influence on the culture, Soldier Boy or T Pain? All things considered. <laughs> My culture, me personally, I'm a say Soldier Boy. Okay. Yeah, Man, I, I like both of them. Yes. And listen, they both have very key pieces to changing the way shit works. Um, so I love that question. I, I agree. 
that that soldier boy <laughs> goddamn big draco he he just did so much um but t-pain he definitely changed the sound of things in my opinion um mm-hmm. ooh, all things considered everything considered who is the better performer michael jackson or beyonce what's the all things considered <laughs> everything vocals stamina okay, no beyonce Beyonce got better vocals. He's a better performer, but that's what you asked. But Beyonce got better vocals, duh. Exactly. And I thank you for saying that. And I think if I because I always say all things considered, I do not, I think I can't give Michael Jackson that over Beyonce because I'm not trying to go to a Michael Jackson show and hear him sing a cappella. Like that is just at all. Listen, no. it is not a thing. <laughs> um oh did you prefer teaching virtually or in person more in person got you um oh what's your favorite fragrance hmm. uh right now gucci flora oh okay okay um oh um iMovie or final cut pro girl i can't afford final cut pro so I use that movie, but I want I want Final Cut. I want Final Cut. Me too. It has so many features, but it does. Somebody <laughs> drop a grant. Let let let's fund these creative things. Goddamn. Um. Ooh. What? Um. Ooh. Texas or Louisiana? The whole state or a city? Yeah. <laughs> the whole state. Yeah. Oh, well, both of them racist and both of them red states. Mm. But I'm going to say Louisiana because you could buy alcohol on Sunday. Exactly. Per. Um, what <laughs> is, what's your favorite meal your mama cook? Does your mom cook? Very yes. Mm. My favorite thing she make is crawfish bisque. Crawfish bisque. What does that mean? Mm. Okay, so a bisque. <laughs> a bisque is going to be a brown gravy and it's stuffed crawfish heads she cleaned the heads out and she stuffed them and it's in like a kind of like a soup so think of like an etouffee but with stuffed crawfish heads first of so all that sounds very in, ingenuous or not ingenuous what fucking mm-hmm. word am i looking for i just lost the whole word i just pulled a nori but that is very <laughs> creative shout out to your mama for that um and shout out to well, she no no she ain't she ain't make that she ain't make oh. it it's a it's a famous like louisiana oh it's a thing oh yeah yeah for the seasoning <laughs> honey y'all got the flavor y'all understand the fucking flavors um but shout out to you thank you so much for talking to me thank and you. is there anything you want to leave us with um and I, li- I like to preface that question with um my folks are nice we're we're just the cool peeps that like to go to therapy and eat our plants and smoke our weeds and healing things so what what you want to leave Period. with? <laughs> um I just want to say thank you for having me this was fun and you asked some very probing questions and got me thinking so I appreciate that um as cliche as it sounds I definitely want to encourage everybody to not follow dreams but follow their heart mm. follow your heart and whatever you want to try try it whatever you feel like you want to you know, take a shot at, do it. Mm-hmm. And you literally only have one life and it's so short. So that's why I'm gonna keep going with my tattoos and everything else because, hey, I only got one life, one body. 
This is true. So what's your favorite tattoo? The last question, because I, I just I have to know. What is your favorite tattoo on your um, body? Right now, it's my Buddha. It's, it's, I don't know why I said right now. It's always my Buddha. Yeah. But sometimes it's my angel numbers. I have my angel numbers tattooed on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm always seeing them. And I'm just like, <sighs> such a good reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Shout out to Buddha. That that nigga was, was dope, right? Mm-hmm. And also shout this out to shit. angel numbers because we love to see them and we we love to thank the spirit for giving us giving us all the Ooh, messages yeah. through these numbers, goddamn. Yes. So thank you very, very much. Where can we find you on the internet and things, doing internet things? I also forgot, friends, um, shop <laughs> you great. What the hell? Um, definitely do not say that, but do that. I, I'll have the links and things in the places, but where can we find you? So uh, my biggest platform is YouTube. Of course, I feel like I'm more consistent and on YouTube. So YouTube is Jugray, J-U-G-R-A-Y. Mm-hmm. And um, Instagram, of course, Jugray Way. But, you know, I be taking my little social media breaks every now and then. So oh, I don't be on there as much. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so, so much um, for sharing your story. Um, it always like warms my heart. I'll probably go like cry a little bit after this or something. I love that y'all like share your things with me. Um, I feel so honored always. Um, but yeah, have a good day. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of OG Says, where I, OG Adriana, say something about something, y'all. So I just got a little something quick to say today, right? Um, and this, this kind of goes along with the trend of me swooning over Jay Shetty's podcast, but I was listening to one of his episodes with the great Deepak Chopra, and he said a word, y'all. Like, literally, not only did Deepak say, detachment is the key, goddamn, or whatever Mariba said, <laughs> but not only did Deepak say that, but in this episode of Jay Shetty's podcast, he says you can't be an angry activist. Y'all, and I think I've said something to the effect of this on this podcast that how are you going to provide service? How are you going to be this healer, this this light in the world if the way you're going about it is this bitter, resentment, resentful way, you know, if you're only... You know, if you're demonizing people for not having the same views and beliefs and moral compass as you. So, y'all, Deepak literally said you can't be an angry activist. And that's something that when I was listening to the episode, I literally just threw my hands up, right? I was at work. I threw my hands up off the keyboard and stuff because this is something that I've really had to learn and had to practice within myself. And I think it kind of goes back to being softer on yourself. If you stop putting these expectations on yourself, right? If you stop being so hard on yourself, if you stop trying to scare your way into being better or scare your way into doing the things that need to get done or scare your way into healing, like scare yourself into doing these things, right? Um, (laughs) If you stop doing that and you become a little softer with yourself, then you're able to be more soft with the world. And then you're not in constant judgment of everyone else for maybe not being as evolved as you or not being as enlightened as you, whatever that means, because who actually has a scale, right? Um, Instead of being judgmental and harsh towards those people, you can shift that to being 
you know, empathetic and more compassionate and more able to facilitate maybe their healing because you are more open to their life experiences that may have led them to the place that they are that maybe isn't aligned with what you perceive as being the correct way, right? Um, so yeah, you can't be an angry activist. So stop fucking yelling and screaming and demonizing and weaponizing, right? Your oppressions or your strife or your ideas and simply sit back and let people be them and just lead by example goddamn that's really all you can do at the end of the day because you can't force nobody to do nothing so yelling and screaming and being angry is not gonna help just live your life in a way that is sustainable for you in a way that you feel that you can be the most productive that you can be um, in society as a person, as a friend, as a in in the relationships, right? That you have. Um, once you figure out that that everything everything else will come. And I, I found that when I stopped stressing over trying to change, Mick Jenkins has this line that um, this bar rather that I always refer to, but it's um, "Am I getting lost, or am I getting lost in the thought?" of waking niggas up like a coffee bean or something to that extent. Um, am I getting lost in the thought of my, Oh, it's, am I getting lost in the thought of myself trying to wake niggas up like a coffee bean? And I think a lot of times when people feel like they've reached this place of wokeness, myself included, this place of wokeness, this place of healing, this place of enlightening, enlightenment, they're super fucking harsh on the rest of the world. Like nigga, you can't judge nobody because you came from the same dark ass place that maybe they have. And it's, you're not going to inspire anybody by being an asshole. Like, that's just not how the world works. So this, to go back to the crazy vegans of the world, throwing on paint, throwing paint on people, like these mean ass PETA niggas who don't give a fuck about human life and the human experience, but only care about the lives of the animals, right? Um, The way that a lot of those vegans go about it is a very harsh way that turns people off from the lifestyle. So just be compassionate, just be empathetic, live your life the best that you can and just inspire inspire without judgment without arguments just just sit back and fucking inspire and then kind of see how things move in your life when that change of perspective happens but let's wrap up the episode y'all Okay, friends, so y'all know I love to end these episodes with some sort of like energetic climate, like some sort of divinely guided message to send us into the rest of our week, right? Um, Something spirit has led me to read, to say something like that, right? Um, On behalf of the collective, because nigga, we need help. Um we love mantras affirmations are so cute all the time um so yeah i just love to give like a little word at the end right um if you haven't been here before if you if you are og of this podcast then you know the vibes but today i am picking from thick not thick not hans how to love poetry book it's like a poetry book a collection of essays and words and ting. Ooh. <sighs> Listening with patience. 
When your loved one is talking, practice listening deeply. Sometimes the other person will say something that surprises us. That is the opposite of the way we see things. Allow the other person to speak freely. Don't cut your loved one off or criticize their words. When we listen deeply and with all of our heart for 10 minutes, half an hour, or even an hour, we will begin to see the other person more deeply and understand them better. If they say something that's incorrect, that's based on a wrong perception. Let me start that sentence over. If they say something that's incorrect, that's based on a wrong perception, we can give them a little information later to help them correct their thinking. But right now, we just listen. Goddamn. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of the episode, y'all. Um, Thank you so much for being here. I want to give a special, special, special thank you for Julia, Jew Gray, for coming on the podcast with us and chopping it off, chopping it up about her experience as an educator. Um, I think it was a super dope conversation and worthy of maybe a run back to get some of the gems that we shared. Um, But yeah. That's it, y'all. Um, you can follow me all the things of at organic with OG for podcast in or I cannot speak. You can follow me on Instagram at organic with OG. That is my podcast IG in which um we post like podcast updates and aesthetic things. You can also follow me on my personal Instagram at OG Adriana, um, which I use as like a little micro blog platform. I like to use my stories and overshare my feels all the goddamn time. You can also follow me on YouTube. I promise YouTube content is definitely OTW. Um at OG Adriana, you can probably find me on there, Adriana McKinney, you know, the vibes. Um, Twitter, at OG Adriana underscore for my unsolicited thoughts. I do tweet and delete a lot, um, but definitely follow this podcast everywhere. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend um, because, yeah, I love this community that we're building. I think these conversations that we are having are very important conversations. But that being said, my damn kitty needs me and... <laughs> I guess I got to go and attend to her. So thank you for being here.